Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love. I'm here with pastor, author, theologian, J.D. Greer. J.D., uh, one of the key themes at our church recently, we've been talking a lot about prayer and the importance of bringing the desires of your heart to God and really trusting Him with those. Um, and like you talk about in your book, Just Ask, we've heard that parents who have children that wander away from the faith, they're always asking that question. Like they're praying for their kids and they're just wondering, is this my fault? Is it my fault that they wandered away? Am I not praying hard enough? And, and I'd just love to hear what you you think about that. Yeah, Matt, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I will say that one of the most heart-wrenching things for a parent who is a follower of Jesus, a committed follower of Jesus, is for them to experience one of their kids walking away from the faith. And I, I know, I know that it feels like, like you've done something wrong. Like, what did I do? What conversation did I miss? How did I lead them astray? Was I not as attentive as I, as I was supposed to be? You know, the, the, the pastor in me wants to answer this on two levels. I mean, the first level is, let me just kind of state the obvious. Yes, there are things that we can do as parents that can help move our kids closer to Jesus or drive them away from Jesus. And those are serious and weighty things, and we should take them seriously and, and, and devote ourselves to them. Um, you know, I've been a student of a lot of books. I read at least probably three books on parenting a year, I think. Um, you know, books like Old School, like Growing Kids God's Way, to Bringing Up Boys by James Dobson, Raising a Modern Day Knight, uh, more recent books like Gospel-Based Parenting or, or, or Give Them Grace. Um, I've read lots of books. I even wrote a, a Bible study, a video Bible study called Ready to Launch about raising kids for the mission of God. I, I think it's important stuff, and I do think the Bible has a lot to teach. Uh, there's a new one um, that's just come out that I'm not finished with yet, but it's by a guy named John Tyson called Intentional Father, and it's it's talking about being intentional with being, being as intentional with our families, with our sons, as we are with our jobs. Um, that stuff has an effect. God uses that as means in his life to, to guide them. And it's true. I've seen as a pastor, I've seen that when parents, you know, uh, talk a big game about God, but they don't, the kid doesn't see that lived out at home and they see somebody who's angry or materialistic or busy, um, doesn't respond to their spouse with grace. Um, they may be at church all the time, but God doesn't, is not a passion for them. Yes. I think that can have an effect on a kid. If the parent is really materialistic, if you say God is, is first, but what they see in your life is that is that money matters most and um, getting ahead matters most. I, I think of the the old thing, Billy Sunday, the evangelist used to say, for every one lap you take around the devil's track, your kid's going to take seven. So yes, there is a sense in which that as a parent, I affect for positive or negative the, the faith journey of my kids. But as a pastor, I want to answer on another level. And that is that as parents, there's just there's a, there's a limit to the responsibility that we can take for the choices that our kids make. God has made them as individuals. And a lot of parents, um, a lot of godly parents, they're, they'll have a child who wanders, maybe multiple children who wander. And it's not because they did something wrong. I mean, I mean, just think of it. Um, God was a perfect father. And the only two humans he fathered directly, other than Jesus, Adam and Eve, both rebelled. Both walked away, and it wasn't because of deficiencies in God's parenting. Um, Jesus' story, of famous story of the prodigal son, there's nothing in that story that implies that that father who represents God, that he had, he had been deficient, that he had done something wrong. Um, it's, he raised him the way that he was supposed to, to, to be raised, but um, because God gives to us freedom and we give to our kids freedom, um, there are decisions that only they can make, and even in the best circumstance, they, 
Um, they can choose to believe lies and to pursue those. Billy and Ruth Graham, who I would say are probably two of the most significant Christians of the 20th century, two of the most godly, uh, at least in my in my estimation, had prodigals in their family. Most notoriously, their oldest son, Franklin, who for many years ran from God hard. Uh, Jack Miller, sometimes Baptists are not as familiar with Jack Miller. He's a, a modern day Presbyterian. It's kind of like a Puritan, kind of like a saint. He's he, the dad of Paul Miller, who wrote the book, A Praying Life. Um, just, I've read a lot of his stuff. He is, he just, I mean, oozes godliness. He is, he is the pastor that I would, I would want to be. I would, I dream about being, um, to have a walk with God like his, but he had a daughter who, who ran hard from, from God. In fact, he has a book about it that he wrote. Uh, he wrote many years later with this daughter who I think it was in her like forties or maybe even fifties came back to God. So they tell the story and then he tells it from his perspective and she tells it from hers. They talk about how thoughts were forming in her heart. It's fascinating. It's called Comeback Barbara. The point is a very godly pastor and his wife, and I, I didn't see anything in his parenting that I would say it was wrong, but, but Barbara rebelled and ran away. So lots of godly parents have a prodigal, and it's not because they did something wrong. And maybe if you're listening right now and you have one, I, I, just, I need you to be free and realize that, yes, we all make mistakes, but those mistakes are not the reason that your kid chose to go the other way, at least usually. Um, parents tend to blame themselves for that. Um, there's a guy who wrote a book called Prayers for Prodigals that uh, Veronica and I actually used to pray for our kids. It's a great prayer book, but um, he had a prodigal. And he said, he said, when we parents are not getting an answer to our prayers to bring our prodigal children back, we always look for somebody to blame. And we typically don't look very far. More than one parent of a prodigal son or daughter has found themselves looking in the mirror saying, is God punishing me? through my child for something I've done in the past? The answer, the answer to that question is emphatically no. Ezekiel 18.20 says very clearly that in the new covenant, God will not punish the children for the sins of the father. The better explanation to godly Christ-seeking parents in that moment is probably found in John chapter 9, where the disciples ask if, if, a, if a certain man's blindness was because of, of his parents' sin. And Jesus said, and I quote, it was neither this man nor his parents' sin that caused him to be this way. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. God had created a situation where he got to show off his power and grace. So in other words, you parents, I want you to hear me. It is not your fault. Again, the father in Jesus' story, the prodigal son, hadn't done anything wrong. There's nothing that indicates the young son left because, because of the failures of the father. We, you can't blame yourself. Your child gets to make their own decisions. They're not being punished for your failures. God has just created a situation where you got to press into his grace. The wrong thing to do in the situation of a prodigal is to blame yourself. The right thing to do is pray that God's great works would be displayed in him or her, that God would show off his grace. That's, that's partially why God has allowed the situation to come out to teach you to press in in prayer. Ruth Graham in her book about, about her prodigal says that she woke up one night knowing the Holy Spirit had woken her up. And, and, and basically she said it was one of those moments where where the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a voice. It wasn't audible, but it was as clear as if it was audible. The Holy Spirit said, stop studying the problem with your kids and start studying the promises. And she just devoted herself to praying through the scriptures, these promises over her son. There's a couple of great books I would recommend if you're right in the middle of this. I already mentioned one called Prayers for Prodigals. Um, Ruth Graham's book that I've mentioned, Prodigals and Those Who Love Them. They can teach you how to pray um, in, in a moment like this. Um, again, I, I love the how-to books. I love books 
that that tell me the right ways of technique, like this intentional father book that gives me, you know, conversations to have and 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 moments that I can create where where I can teach my son. I, the book of Deuteronomy gives us some instructions on that, so I, I love those books. But one of the dangers in that kind of book is that we can read it like a how-to manual. That if I do these things, then this is how my kid will turn out. Um, Elise Fitzpatrick uh, wrote a great parenting book called Give Them Grace. And she says the problem with a lot of the Christian books on parenting is they really do, even if they claim they're not doing it, they're written very formulaic. If you do this, this is how your kid will turn out. And she points out God was a perfect father. God was a perfect father. And 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 we rebelled against him. And she says that the real tragedy in some of these how-to books is that they can keep the parent from the one thing they most need. And that is to lean not on their ability as parents, but lean on God's grace as the hope for their kid. Yeah, I want to be a good parent. I want to use wise techniques. I want to learn everything I can. But at the end of the day, their hope, my hope is not in how well I parented them. It's not that I did you know, the parenting things right. My hope is in the mercy of God who will forgive and regenerate and do his work in their heart. There are some things that only, only God can do. I'll tell you, to be kind of personal with this, one of my mentors told me, I was just talking about some struggles I was having in parenting with, you know, teenagers. Um, and he stopped me and he said, JD, he said, the problem is you're still thinking like a mechanic. And at this stage in their life, you got to think like a farmer. Uh, you know, he said, a mechanic, a mechanic, hears a rattle in the engine, pulls the car over immediately, raises the hood, goes to work, stops the rattle. He said, but a farmer, you know, a farmer plants a seed. And then the farmer basically has to step back and let the seed do its work. Yeah, I mean, he wants to make sure it gets exposed to sun and rain. But the worst thing that a farmer can do is to dig up the seed and try to figure out what's wrong with it and try to replant it. He said, you know, he said, he said, you put in good seed. And yes, you're going to continue to help your kids get sun and rain to grow spiritually. But, but that's good seed. And now it's between the seed and the soil. And so don't, don't act like you're a mechanic trying to fix it. Just let God, the Holy Spirit, grow it. Um, he said, you know, when your kids, if your kids are teenagers, college students, and they're making decisions that you don't want them to make, he said, there's a limit to what you can do. He said, your role is to be like the father in the prodigal son story, where you're standing, you know, waiting on the kid to come home. This guy told me, he said that the, the roles of prophet and father are mutually exclusive roles. He said, somebody will play a prophet to your kid. Somebody will speak the truth into, into their life. He said, the father, there's only, there can only be one father. And that father is standing there with arms open wide, ready to receive them. He said, the father wasn't out running around in the far country, you know, pointing out every time they went into the pig pen, like, ah, see, this is, I told you, this is what you would get. He said, the father stands there with open arms. He said, you know, the roles of, of prophet and father, as they get older, they become mutually exclusive. And God can raise up lots of profit in their lives, but there's only one person who can be the father, and that's you. He said, so you play that role. You make it easy for them to come back. You love them. You keep your arms open wide to them. You pray for them. Yeah, you speak truth to them, but um, the role you begin to play is a little different. So anyway, I'm not sure if that, if that makes sense, but I, I want it to be a comfort to you. Yes, your parenting matters, but at the end of the day, um, God created us free and many kids raised in perfect environments make wrong choices. And, and God, what he wants from us in that minute is not to, to beat ourselves up about the things we did wrong. He wants us to lean into his grace and realize that um, he cares more for our kids than even we do. 
and he can pursue our kids in ways that we can. I'll, I'll close with one final thing um, here. Uh, just again, to be really personal. I, ha- I led our staff in something where we went through Psalm 136. Psalm 136, every other phrase in the verse says, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And it's basically a history of Israel. And the psalmist gives an event in the life of Israel and then says, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And he just does this over and over and over again. So when you read it, it's just basically the history of Israel as told through the lens of God's love is everywhere all the time writing their story. So I, I challenged our staff to do that. I was like, go through your life and write the high points of your life down and the low points. And after every thing, write the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. About halfway through my own journey in doing that, it occurred to me that even though I had an awesome mom and dad, who I think did just about everything right, that all the significant life-changing moments in my relationship with God, my parents did not engineer any of them. God did. Um, God worked in situations my parents could not control. It suddenly dawned on me that I wasn't going to be the one who engineered those for my kids either. That the steadfast love that pursued me will also pursue them. And I just had this assurance that I could trust God with them and I could count on him raising up people, pursuing them and doing in their lives what I could not do. And I, and I leaned into his grace and that's a really comfortable place to be. We're so glad you could be with us today. For more resources from Pastor JD, please be sure to check out jdgreer.com. And while you're there, sign up for our email newsletters. It is the absolute best way to stay up to date with Pastor JD's latest blog posts, podcasts, all kinds of other stuff. And we'll also make sure that you never miss a new resource or series. It's quick and easy to sign up. Go to jdgreer.com and sign up today. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.